Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Bucks wrapped up their mini camp. They head for a five-week break, but we had a chance to talk to Gerald McCoy, who took off on the perception that the Bucks got help for him on the defensive line, and he spoke about Brenson Buckner chewing him out and had some advice for rookies during this five-week break. You won't want to miss Gerald McCoy in just a few minutes. The Rays, meanwhile, they lose another one-run game, this time to the Yankees 4-3. to They led this game 2-1. to It could have been more, but once again, the Rays ran themselves out of a game on the Bates Pass. And the U.S. Open was a nightmare for Tiger Woods and so many others who shot over par at Shinnecock. And some really bad, disturbing news about Kellen Winslow Jr. He's arrested again and charged this time with nine counts, including rape and kidnapping. All that and Gerald McCoy on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get started on this podcast, we want to tell you about our sponsor, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. So you found your soulmate. Congratulations are in order. Now, no doubt your head is spinning with the excitement and plans for the future. And not just the proposal, what about the engagement ring? Do you want to surprise her when you propose? Or maybe you want to shop for it together. Well, no matter what you decide about the how, listen, the where is easy. Go see our friend Annie at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're going to find the greatest selection of engagement and wedding rings. You'll see brilliant diamonds in every cut, imaginable loose diamonds, as well as those mounted in precious metals. And the choices range from classic to traditional to unique and on trend. And the best thing of all, wholesale prices. We're talking no pressure here. When you come in, Andy's going to pour you a nice scotch. He's going to show you whatever catches your eye. And he's going to help you decide on what would be perfect for your fiance while being mindful of your price range. Now, you're also going to learn the finer points about shopping for diamonds in the process Guys, this is a no-brainer now, I'm telling you. Go see Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Annie's going to take care of you. It's where I shop, and they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. So mini camp wrapped up, and that's it. Uh, for the next five weeks, the Bucks will be away, and when they come back, man, it's going to go by fast. It's going to be the real thing. Training camp will begin, and it'll be quickly into the preseason and so on. So um, this has been an interesting offseason, a lot of new additions. And guys that uh, Dirk Cutter and talking to him after practice thinks are going to really make a difference on this football team. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, especially the additions on the defensive line with Bo Allen and guys like Jason Pierre-Paul and uh, Mitch Unrein and those guys. And the perception that, hey, they finally, finally got some help for Gerald McCoy. Well, McCoy took off on that subject and a bunch of others, including – uh, remember that time he got chewed out just a week ago by a new defensive line coach, Brenton Buckner? Well, he had his take on that and just what he thought the reaction to it was. And also some really good advice for rookie players, for new guys, during these five weeks of so-called vacation. Never boring, always stimulating. You have to hear this. Gerald McCoy, after minicamp concluded on Thursday. 
Well, you, you've been through a lot of these. Anything at all a little bit different uh, for this mini camp? Jason Pierre-Paul, Vinny Curry, Bo Allen, Mitch Unrine, Vita Bayer, Princeton Buckner. It's a big difference. How long is it going to take for this defensive line and all these new pieces, very talented pieces, to, to be able to gel and to come together? I don't know. It could, I mean, um, to where it just, you know, we gelling. It could be mid-season. It could be beginning of season. It could be two weeks in the training camp. You know, I don't know. Um, the only way to control that is is to uh, be the best us every day. You know, I got to be the best Gerald, JPP, be the best him, and so on and so forth. And uh, just let the pieces fall where they may. Um, but every everybody has to control themselves and bring the best every day. And then eventually uh, we'll start getting that different type of communication and chemistry that we need to be able to gel. And then it's going to flow. You know, what you say? Does it feel like it has the makings of being something special? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had, uh, like I said, I'm excited about the progress we've made up to this point. You can see guys' improvement, guys taking the coaching. Um, Coach Buck is teaching, and uh, we're just going to keep building off this. It's a lot of work to be done, man. We did what we could without pads. Everybody knows training camp comes, it's just it's different. It's real football then, you know, and even then it's not real because you can't tackle. You know, uh, D lineman, we can't finish until we get in the game. It's the only time we can finish, you know, so. Um, but up to that point, um, you know, you can do what's necessary. But, uh, you know, training camp come, we'll see, see what we made up. You talked about building the chemistry. When you're out there on the field and you can hear you guys, it sounds like the camaraderie kind of clicked right away. Yeah, well, that starts, you know, in a meeting room and in a locker room. Um, we got a group message that we all text in, and, um, you know, guys was getting closer. Early on in the off season. we would all go out to eat together and um, start to build that camaraderie, and then it flows over onto the field. You know, now I'm already starting to know what I can and can't do with Bo, how I can and can't talk to Mitch. Um, just a few days with JPP, but I've been knowing him for years, so I know I can communicate with him. Now I'm starting to learn how to communicate with any other guys that's been here. I know them, but you know the new guys. Now he's starting to understand. So going into training camp, you know it's going to be hot. It was hot today, uh, but there were no pads. You know it wasn't uh, all those fans screaming at us. You know they come in for a day and. We love when they there, but when we've been doing this day after day after day, you just kind of, so you got the fans screaming at you, uh, you got your coach screaming at you, you got the offense going no huddle and all that. Sometimes you're going to get out of your way. But, so you have to know how to communicate with the man next to you. And now he can look, just look me in my eyes and say, okay, I know what I need to do. And you look at him you say, okay, he's, he's at about 50 today. I know I got to take it up some. And we're starting to get there, you know, but we have to, you know, don't take a step back, just keep going. So in training camp, just hit the ground running. Jared, when you look forward to next season, do you look back at last year at all or do you forget about it? No, it's no point. Can't do nothing about it. Jared, at the end of the year, you talked about holding guys accountable more. Yeah. Um, where are you on that with, with this team, this year's team? How, how did it go in this, this offseason mini camps as far as that goes? Uh, I mean, I think everybody, you know, brought their lunch pail every day. Um, 
for the most part, everybody was here every day, you know. Um, so I think it just comes with uh, maturity, guys knowing. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is off season. It's still off season program. We know we practice it, and this is still OTAs. <laughs> you find out what people are made of in training camp because that's when. That's when you really see what you're about, and especially here in Tampa. It ain't, it's different. It's people say, oh, well, training camp, training camp. No, it's not. <laughs> Tampa is, we go see, man. We got a, got a, lot, a lot of work to do. So much of this offseason was addressed making the best player better, bringing in Coach Buck, bringing in a one technique and a five. And there's obviously a huge responsibility uh, on your, your play. Why? For the Why? success of this team. Why? Well, I think you're the. What's best. different than what's been in the past years? You, okay. I think here's you what's killing me. me. Here's what's killing me about everybody. Well, Gerald, you got help. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> like, there's a lot of work to be done. People think, oh, well, we brought JPP in. We brought this guy. We brought that guy in. There's no reason he shouldn't get double digits. There's no reason he should. Man, it's a lot of work to be done. Like, this is the NFL. It's the best of the best. The game evolves every year. Uh, Saints won the division last year. Our plan is that they don't win it this year. It's stuff it's like nothing has changed. I still have to be the best Gerald I can be every day, whatever that is. So you bring in pieces. It's not about me. It's about the team. Stop saying it's about Gerald got help. No, the Bucks got help. Stop saying it. I don't – I mean, y'all can write what y'all want, but please stop saying it. It's about the Bucks, not about me. The team got better. We brought in great players to make the team better. It's not about me. I'm going to do my best to do my job. Always have. That's, that's just who I am. But when we bring in all these guys, we brought in guys to make the team better. It's, it's not about me. So please stop writing this. Oh, Gerald, guy, stop, stop doing that. I don't like that. But in the one-gap system, it is, I mean, that you can trust the guy beside you. Is going Absolutely. To do what he needs to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the only way to take you to the next level, man. Um, uh, Great thing about all the guys we brought in, they all, well, besides Vita, because he come out of college, all of them been to a Super Bowl. Three of them won it, you know, so they know what it takes. They know what it is to be accountable. That's why I haven't had to do much up front with the D-line, because we brought in guys that know what that's like. They know what they need to do, so I don't have to say this, say that, do that. They've they been, they been where I want to go, so they teaching me, you know. So um, it's, it's going to be great, man. I'm excited. How much can you benefit, though, from having consistent pressure coming off the edge, and not just on one side, but on both sides? Yeah, everybody benefits. Everybody benefits. It, I mean, it makes uh, – You here's the thing. Um, we talk about um, pass rush and getting sacks and defenses and all that. Um, you know, everybody says this is a pass-happy league. The reality is it's a run-stopping league. You can't rush the pass unless you stop the run. They're going to run it down your throat if they can. They only gonna throw the ball. They have to, you know. Some some coaches have their passing sickness, but um, you know you gotta. Teams won't run the ball, and until you stop the run, can't get after the quarterback. And up front, you can't blame the back end because we the pe closest people to the quarterback. So if he don't have time um, to get the ball out, then you don't have to worry about the back end. So we put all that on our shoulders. And that's going to be our goal going into the season. Gerald, you have 13 defensive line coaches. I'm talking to you in the latest. The other day, it was on video that, you know, 
Y'all made a big deal out of nothing. <laughs> it's the NFL, man. Like, oh, well, am I not supposed to get coached? He just, he's coaching. That's what he's supposed to get paid to do. He, he's been given an assignment, and he's going to do his assignment to the best of his ability. That, that didn't fade. I'm a 30-year-old man with five kids. Like, well, I got four, my wife is pregnant. Like, come on, man, I've been paying my own bills since I've been in college. You think a grown man yelling at me phases me? He's coaching. Hear the message, not the tone. Y'all made a big, oh, well, he's yelling at Gerald. Duh. He's a coach. That's what he's supposed to do. Like, so what? It's hot outside. He hot. I'm hot. He doing his job. I'm doing my job. You know, the reality is, if I don't jump off sides, that don't happen. So everybody's making a big deal out of it. He's supposed to coach. He is coaching. And I was taught at an early age, hear the message, not the tone. It is what it is. He was coaching. Get over it. Like, don't make a story out of nothing. It's nothing. He was coaching. That's what Dirk Yelly James all the time. So what? This is football. This, this is this is the sport where when you see that, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's football. You know, you you not to take away from other sports, but when you see that in football, it's just that is what comes with it. It is what it is. Like he understands I'm a grown man. He understands I take care of my family very well. You know, like he he understands that, but he has a job to do. He was brought in to do a job. He's going to do it. He did it as a player. He's going to do it as a coach. And I understand that. I, the reason I got yelled at is because I jumped off sides. It, it happens too much. It, it has to stop. He's doing his job. It's not like, so what? We went back. He yelled. I got the message. Go back to work. Simple. It's the NFL. Be a professional. See, I made a big deal out of nothing. How often does that happen, though, when, when cameras aren't around and when we aren't even at practice? What's that? How, I mean, something like that, though, with any player, how often does that happen when we're, you know, when we're not around? Man, listen, y'all got the light stuff. It's just, <laughs> 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 come on, man. He's just yelling. This is, <laughs> <laughs> ah, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it that, uh, that's important these five weeks for you? Do you like to get away? Is Young players or me? Well, what do you do? Is young players, you live football. Me, I've been doing this nine years. I know how to manage everything. You young, live it. You ain't got time. Hey, look, don't be happy being in the NFL. So what? What are you going to do now that you're here? Do something with it. Make the best of your opportunity. 1,600 of us get to do this. So don't be satisfied with being one of the top 1,600 in the NFL. What are you going to do with it? So if I'm a, if I'm me talking to Vita, you go home, say hello to your family, and get right back here. The only way to prepare for this Tampa Heat is to be, train in it. You have to be in it. And if you're not going to train here, whatever you're doing, all the rest of this stuff don't matter. It's going to be there. It's not going nowhere. This is very temporary. It goes by way too fast. So if you're a young guy, till you learn how to manage it all, live football. You have to. You just – it has to be what you're about. It don't have to be who you are, but it has to. Be, this is your career, and if you gonna make the best of it, you gotta live it. Especially right now, if you're a young guy. I mean, some people come in with families already, but hey, you hear them talk about Tom Brady all the time in his little documentary he did. He said his family understands all the sacrifices he makes. He sacrifices time with his wife, time with his kids. And everybody around him has to understand, I can't be who y'all want me to be. One of my, one of the people I listen to and look up to the most is Kobe Bryant. He said, I can't be the best best friend you're going to have because 
I have to do this. So when you want to go hang out, when you need me, I'm sorry, I'm in the gym. I call you when I call you. You know, it's just when you're a young guy, that's how it has to be. So that's my advice to young guys. Live what you're doing, man, because if you don't, you got, you got to get set a foundation right now. Set a, I'm nine years in. I've set a foundation. Now I know how to manage. I know the different things, I, I, how long I can take off, what I can and can't do. But I'm, I've had nine years of chance to figure this out. Young guy, don't mm-mm. football. That's it. Do all the other stuff later, especially if you're on this team trying to win. So whatever. Yeah. Last one. Father's Day around this coming this weekend. Just kind of, what's your, what are you looking forward to? What do you love about that holiday? And, you know, <sighs> no, I'm gonna keep it honest with you, man. You saying that is the only reason I knew Father's Day was coming. <laughs> I'm just being real. My kids, they, I'm, it's Father's Day for me every day. So I, my niece is graduating high school this weekend. I'm thinking about that. It's killing me. My niece is going off to college and I ain't ready for it. Alright, so <laughs> I ain't I honestly wouldn't even think about Father's Day. My dad is one of them dads that's like, man, stop calling me. I know you love me. I talk to my dad all the time. This is Father's Day. What's the difference in any other day? Like you you know, you show me you love me consistently. My kids show me they love me consistently. I know they love me. You know my Father's Day gift I always ask for? Leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to, if you give me two hours in my man cave with nobody bugging me, I'm good. That's all I want, man. So all those topics were pretty good. I, I Listen, I think it's clear that Gerald has gotten a little fatigue about this notion that they brought in all this help for him. And, and it's really, you know, kind of how you say it, right? I mean, I think people are being respectful of the fact that he hasn't had a great players around him for the number of years that he's been here. Um, uh, but in reality, he's right. This is, this is uh, for too long, this has been sort of like Gerald's job to get this team and push this defense across the finish line, and he's one player. And they brought guys in here to, not just to help him but to help the Bucks. I think they're going to do that. I think Jason Pierre-Paul, he's impressive when you see him on grass. Um, you know, Dirk Cutter talked after practice about how, you know, at first he's kind of disappointed that Pierre Paul wasn't going to be here for OTAs, but then he got it. You know, he said, look, I've, I've been doing this for eight or nine years. I know how to get myself ready. There's only so many things a defensive end can do. Um, and, and I'll be, I'll, I'll be ready. And he looked good in the three day mini camp. He put, picked things up really quick. Um, you know, when they're in their scrimmages and stuff, the communication was good. And so, you know, what you notice is that he he's impressive. You know, he's still a physical um, presence. And the defensive line, according to Cutter and others, you know, they set the tone. I mean, this was a non-contact, supposed to be a non-contact offseason with uh, offensive and defensive linemen. Well, let me tell you, they were getting after each other. And when the pads come on, that's when you find out who will play. But um, I like Gerald's take on that. And, of course, I'm glad he agrees with me with respect to Brenton Buckner getting a little loud at practice. I mean, that, folks, is is just football. You're um, allowed to yell? You're allowed to yell. And every coach I've ever known from eight years, ten years on has their moments where they do that. Um, it's just the culture of the sport. It's not, you know, you learn to get a thick skin. And as Gerald said, it's the message, not how it's delivered. And so – uh, you know, if you've not been around the game, it might be shocking, or if you see it on a video once in a while. 
But these guys know how to take criticism. I mean, they didn't. You didn't make it to the National Football League playing at every level that they've had. Um, like I said earlier, you don't think Bob Stoops got loud at Oklahoma? I mean, this is just this is just what they do, and this is professional sports, and everybody's trying to uh, you know trying to win here. They they all have a lot on this on the line. So um, I'm glad he set that that straight for those that maybe don't get around practice as much as as others do. Uh, and then the final thing, you know, which uh, I would agree with is that, uh, you know, some guys don't handle, this is the most nerve wracking time of the year, Steve, for guys that, uh, if you're a head coach or a GM, you hold your breath, you know, it's good that you get to get away. Like the thing to do is go on vacation. Dirk Cutter was leaving right after practice. He said, this is um, tomorrow. I go on vacation. I'm ready to get out of here too. Um, but players have time and money and, that's when they get in trouble. Um, uh, football players love structure, and, and this is the time when there really isn't any. So you, you dread there will be three or four organizations that will get that phone call, right? I mean, hey, one year the New York Giants got a phone call about Jason Pierre-Paul and what happened to him on the 4th of July in 2015. That's what I'm talking about. Hopefully nothing that tragic, um, but it is a, a hold-your-breath sort of, sort of time. The other thing that happened on Thursday, the Bucks finally signed Ronald Jones. He was the final draft pick, uh, their second rounder from USC. Uh, gets a four-year deal worth a little over $7 million. Again, these things are, are pretty. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Pretty much uh, routine, pretty, pretty formatted, but there was some language and things and other contracts in and around him for running backs that. He had to wait on. So all their guys are signed. Um, you know, we'll go now into oh into training camp uh, with a couple of veterans that they like to lock up in Ali Marpet, maybe Quan Alexander, uh, Donovan Smith, the guys that will become free agents next year. You might see some work done on their contracts. But all in all, we're all ready for some breaks. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, football season really never stops until now. And, and it's only five weeks. Um, so, you know, and, and really – the NFL is open for business really 50 weeks a year, so um, the NFL office. So it's it's really a grind. It's a grind sport. I know they don't play 162 games like baseball, but it's a little different as far as the pace goes. And um, you know it'll be it'll be fun when they get back. But I think everybody's ready for a break right now. All right, so Steve, you were at the uh, watch party at uh, the Tyrone Square Hooters, my old stomping grounds, by the way. Um, although back in the day, the Hooters was actually on Tyrone Square and not in the mall, so I'm sure it's much nicer now. Um, but that said, it wasn't so nice for the Rays. They had a great opportunity to win this game. I mean, Blake Snell, maybe not as sharp as he's been in the past, I mean, in, in terms of his command, um, threw a lot of pitches, got behind hitters, and it wound up costing them. But look, he had a 2-1 to lead in this game. And, um, you know, he wound up getting beat with a couple of home runs. We can talk about um, Aaron Hicks with a solo blast and then eventually a three-run bomb by uh, Glaber Torres. But, look, man, here again, this team and its base running 
is just it, it's atrocious, and it's it's not like we've talked about it once or twice. This is an almost an every other game deal, right? Um, I mean, in this game, the Rays had a chance to get a bunch of runs on the board, and um, you know, look, Matt Duffy led off the game the first pitch he saw with a home run. If you consider the fact that the last pitch he saw, he he gave him a one to nothing win, so a pretty good uh, you know two at bats there by by Matt Duffy. Um, but you know, he he tried to score on on a play by uh, Giancarlo Stanton that was you know kind of kicked the ball in front of him towards towards home plate. Um, you know, had a little trouble finding it. Finally, when he picks it up, though, <clears throat> he makes a near perfect throw. But the thing about the thing that I don't get about you know, Matt Quattrero or whoever makes these decisions, and maybe maybe Matt Duffy ran on his own, but the ball's just not deep enough. I mean, you know, when guys beat kick the ball in the outfield, it has to has has, to, has something to do with where they are. Uh, you know, are they are they in in their normal outfield positions? Are they deeper than normal when this happens? But if you're if you're just on outside the outfield the infield grass or where that cutout is um, between the infield and the outfield grass, that is an easy throw for anybody. And once again, I mean Duffy was out he was out by a lot. Steve, I just don't know in that situation why you're trying to push it, um, especially early in the game. Well, two things, and everyone keeps saying you know Matt Duffy said after the game and and Kevin Cash, you know he made a near perfect throw. He made a near perfect throw and he was out by ten feet. Yeah, right. That's 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 my point. It wasn't bang bang. He didn't even have. Can we to have make some a, bang bang? You know, it, look. If you have a, if it's a, if it's a, a guy makes a spectacular, unbelievable, perfect throw and nailed you, you know, in a bang bang play, fine, no problem. That, I mean, I like being aggressive on the base pass, but he made a near perfect throw from just outside shortstop, and right. got you by ten to fifteen feet. I mean, it wasn't close. No, it was another one of those standing up tag deals. He could and, he could have made um, a bad throw and still got you out. Absolutely. So yeah, that, absolutely. that's a bad decision. Whether it was Matt Cotrero or whether it was Matt Duffy himself deciding to go, it was a bad another bad decision. Rounding third, trying to score. Yeah, ball's not deep enough. You have to understand the positioning of the outfield and just you know how easy it is for for a major league player once he gathers himself to throw a strike in that situation and. And if it's not bang bang, I mean, you're hoping that a guy has to make two perfect throws in a relay, or one really great throw from from deep in the outfield um, that has to be online. Though that play is an easy play, and, and I just I couldn't believe at that point in the game that you're just running yourselves out at home plate. And then maybe the dumbest base running move I've seen in some time. You know, the Rays the, the Rays are trailing. Um, you know, once again four to two. They make it four to three. They got the uh, tying run at second base in Carlos Gomez, who uh, finally got a one-out double hit. A hit that uh, Mark Thomas, Mark Tompkins said said he had been searching for. He gets a one-out double, um, but then inexplicably, you're the tying run with one out. Think about that now. The tying run with one out. You're in scoring position. You're in scoring position. So a base hit. This is a tie ball game, and the last thing you want to do is take a chance here. The man takes off for third, trying to steal. And when I say he was out again, uh, no, you know he slid, didn't have to. Not sure he ever touched play, the bag. He never got to the bag. This play wasn't close. But more importantly, what's the upside? I mean, okay, if you get to third, if you get to third with one out, then maybe you score on a sack fly, wild pitch, um, you know, infield hit in the hole, something like that. I get it. But you're already in scoring position. 
you don't want to take the bat or, in, out of the guy's hands. And I, it's just, it was just a terrible play. There's no excuse for it. And, they, and it'd be different if this has not been what they have done. This is as much the reason they have lost so many one-run games as, the, as you could point to any of them. They have more outs on the base pass than any other team in baseball. That does, I mean, that does probably, and, and not only, you know, it's one thing to say, well, we're aggressive. We know we, we have a lot of guys on. We're going to, we're going to press the issue. That's one thing. These are, these are outs. You're just handing teams. These are just no instinct should not be trying to take the extra base, dumb base running moves. You know what I mean? Just dumb. Just, just giving out, giving yourself up on the base paths. You only get 27 outs. It doesn't matter where you make them. You might want to make them at the plate though. Give yourself a chance to do something with the bat. Uh, I, I just and, – and you know what? I'm sorry, but whether it's – you know, I mean, Carlos Gomez has been in this league for a while, so you can't really say, well, you know, maybe it's the Rays minor league system or they're not being developed. But, man, when these guys get up here, they got to have better instincts than this. Well, and here's the other part about the Gomez one. That was in the seventh inning. You know in the eighth right. inning you got Batances in the ninth you got Chapman. Right. You wanted to score in the seventh. Yes. So you can't yes. run yourself out of that. No. That's a great point. Understand not only where you are in the ball game, but what they got in the bullpen, and that you know they're going to bring they're going to bring the guys that throw 100 miles an hour. I mean, but Tansis, um, you know, throws 100 himself, and he's he's a setup guy. And of course, they chewed right through the last you know the last two innings. I mean, they didn't they didn't do anything against those guys. So it was disappointing because I think you know with Snell on the mound, this was their best chance to probably get one from the Yankees. And, and, and I mean, we'll see. you know, like we said, Snell didn't pitch well. Fifty-seven strikes out of one hundred and five pitches. Uh, yes, he said lots of three-two counts, lots of two-zero counts. It wasn't good, and yet they were in the game. They were still only down four-two when he left. Yeah, he, he battled. Get, I mean, he yeah, he walked four, and three of those came with two outs. And walks in that part. Andy and Dave have talked about it before this series, and they talked about it tonight nonstop. Walks in that park will kill you. Because that team is loaded to hit home runs. And when you walk guys, they tend to score. Yeah. And it's a band box because mm-hmm. the ball, if you hit the ball to right field, there's a wind tunnel out there. It gets out. I thought the ball that Duffy hit, I mean, the left fielder kind of goes back nonchalantly like, yeah, this is probably going to be at the wall. And it, it just blows out. I mean, it just goes out of there. And anything to right field is gone. The one hit, Hicks hit was hit well, but um, – I've seen Derek Jeter take it out to right center, you know, hundred times. Uh, you know, it's only like three sixty out there in the power alleys. So, you know, it's you're gonna hit you're gonna get a lot of home runs from that lineup. And by the way, is this this is a Yankee dynasty that I'm watching here. These are all young guys. Mm-hmm. And they just keep bringing them up. I mean, Torres is just the latest. I think that was his thirteenth home run or something. Yep. He hasn't been up all year. Yankees have never in their history won back-to-back Rookie of the Year awards. They may this year. Think about what you just said there. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. They've never won the Rookie of the Year back-to-back. Well, I mean, Torres right now has it hands down, and they're going to play deep into October. You know, they're starting pitching. I was listening to Michael Kay before the game, and it's true that they need another starter. I mean, they're – they're at the point sort of where the Rays are, where they try to go out there and hope for three innings because their bullpen is so good top to bottom, whether it's long, you're talking mm-hmm. long relief or certainly 
in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, they're, they're shut down. I mean, you play a six-inning game against them no matter who's pitching. Um, but they could use another starter, Chris Archer. Um, <clears throat> and we'll see what who they end up coming up with. But if they find that guy, and they will, because they, I think they have like $15 million they can spend before they get to the $189 million or whatever it is that triggers the luxury tax or whatnot, um, which they say they won't go over. But they have enough money to purchase a starter. And, and they're going to get one. And when they do, this, this team, I, I mean, I, I love the Red Sox pitching. Um, not too crazy about their offense, although, you know, Bogarts and some of those guys are really good players. But I, I don't see anybody. I, I think the Yankees. Well, I, I still think the Astros are the team to beat in the American League only because their starting pitching is phenomenal. It is. That's that, a great that, point. I mean, that, that's what the Yankees are trying to keep up with is the Astros starting pitching. Right. But that's what it's going to be. It's going to be them and the Astros. I mean, I. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. Sold, I'm not injuries. sold. The Mariners are, are going to. They don't have enough starting pitching. Although they pitch well, they, they have no. They, well. they they pitch well, and they play. You know, they play really well. They play smart. They don't give up yeah. outs. Um, they're, they're very good in one run games. They no. They're they're a very good team. Seattle's very good. Yeah. We're going to see what Seattle's made of now. Um, Seattle and Houston are kind of tied atop the NL West or the AL West, right. but. Seattle has not played Boston or New York yet, and their next eight or nine games now are against Boston and New York. That'll be a test, And that's where yeah. we're going to find out what what Seattle is or just how good they are. Houston's already played Boston and New York some. Seattle yeah. has not. This will be a – this is – we knew this was going to be a really tough test for them, you know, playing the Yankees in Houston and then the Nationals um, and then the Yankees. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a rough stretch. This was the first of um, 16 straight games against the – Yankees, Nationals, and Astros. Yeah, they're they're not going to move. I mean, they're not going to get those teams. They're just they're not they're not as good. I mean, they're, and right now the pitching, you know, you've got you got two starters. I mean, that's that's it. And the rest well, number two is going tonight. Plays. Nathan Avaldi. Yep, that's it. That's all you got. And then it's then it's you know mix and match the bull, the bullpen guys uh, against that lineup. Maybe maybe that's the way to go. I mean, heck, you know, maybe they'll have some success doing it because. Um, you know, if they see you twice, they're going to get you anyway. But man, that that is a tough lineup to negotiate. That really is. And and if you get behind hitters like Snell did, you're asking for trouble. But you know, he pitched around it. He was he pitched well enough to win this game. It should have been three to one. It was two to one. And then you know, getting behind, you know, three one on Torres, and then he gives up uh, what just was a blast. I mean, that ball was hit high. It is high. It is far. So it was all of that. But, um, yeah, disappointing loss for them. Also on Thursday, there was some disturbing news, a report about Kellen Winslow Jr., who played for the Bucks and, of course, the Cleveland Browns, um, former number one uh, or first-round pick, um, was always a different kind of guy. Um, Mark Dominic made a, a big deal for him. I think he gave a number one to Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, and something else. Paid him a lot of money, um, and he was, you know, he's a productive player in terms of his numbers, um, but but just a different cat. Uh, unfortunately, he's gotten into a series of trouble out in San Diego in the last week or so. Remember, there was this uh, bizarre situation where he was arrested, sort of wandering through a, around a trailer park. He said he was looking to purchase a home there um, for his, uh, I believe, his mother-in-law or somebody like that, um, and somebody called the cops and. Well, depending on who you believe, it was maybe a misunderstanding or a burglary. You know, not really sure which. Uh, and then uh, the news came out on Thursday 
that he was uh, arrested and charged with nine different counts of some serious crimes, including rape, um, kidnapping, burglary, uh, all kinds of things. And it is it is really piling up and not good for Kellen Winslow. I don't know what is going on with this guy, um, but it's uh, certainly tragic for uh, for whoever his victim may be. We'll see, you know, again, it's uh, due process in this country, and we don't want to jump to too many conclusions. But, um, boy, I mean, this is these are serious, serious charges, of course, and it's not just, you know, one where you're wandered into a trailer or somebody's, somebody's home by mistake. Um, this one is, this one's really awful. So, um, you know, it, it, I, I, it got me to thinking about some of the guys and I'm not equating what, what, what Winslow is facing to, um, to these other players, but it was an era with the Bucks. If you remember, Raheem Morris was the coach had never been a head coach before. And Mark Dominic took some chances on guys like this. I mean, whether it was Mike Williams, remember the trouble he got into, um, various things, you know, uh, a house that he ransacked and. Um, you know, I think he's, he got, I think he got stabbed one time and, um, all kinds of things happened with Mike Williams. He had LeGarrette Blunt at a time when LeGarrette, um, before he went to New England, he's gone on and had a tremendous career, won a bunch of Super Bowls, uh, with the Patriots and, and, um, you know, and other teams, including the Eagles last year. But, uh, he had his, he had his troubles here. Um, you know, Keep Tlaib was already here and they kept him despite some trouble he got that I reported on in Dallas. Um, it, it was just a weird time, man, where you just had guys that they took chances on. Uh, and Winslow was sort of one of those guys. I mean, he had, you know, he's always he's kind of a productive player, um, but, uh, but it, you know, had, had this kind of explosive personality. You really, you know, never knew where you stood. He could go off at any minute. But, man, this is, this is some disturbing stuff, man, that he's going through, whatever it is. And now that he's putting other people through as well. I'm not minimizing – what that is a, potentially a really serious victim here either. So we'll be following the Winslow case. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Open, by the way, which is a must-see TV for me. I love the fact that it's on, you know, the Golf Channel, and it's unlike the Masters. You can actually watch the tournament when it starts. Um, but, uh, man, Shinnecock, <laughs> the wind was blowing. The greens were hard, even though they're thick. At times it was like, uh, you, you know, Normally you equate these to fast greens, right? And and they wouldn't hold. You know, it was difficult to hold the ball when you uh, you know when you drove it onto the green if you if you did get onto it, um, because these things have steep slopes and you know where the hole placements are was difficult. But some of them were so slow that the guys couldn't gauge the speed. I mean, it was really weird watching them. And the, the balls were blowing when they were putting, and it was just it was a disaster. I mean, Tiger Woods was not the lone ranger here, but he was eight eight over par. Um, lefty went off early. He was terrible. Um, Jordan Spieth had a nightmare round. I mean, there's not that many players, I think, that even were in red numbers, Steve. Yeah, just four players under par, the four leaders, Scott Piercy, Ian Poulter, Russell Henley, and Dustin Johnson all at one under. Um, those are the only four players that shot red numbers today. It was brutal. I mean, it was as brutal a test of golf as you could hope for. And, I mean, that's usually the case with the U.S. Open a little bit. Um, but they've added some rough, they've added some slopes off the greens and, um, it, it's, it's a difficult track. I mean, I think if you, if you finish this tournament plus one, you're probably going to win. I mean, that's just the way it feels, but, um, you know, then tiger, you know, I mean, he's still optimistic. Like I go out there and shoot somewhere in the sixties. I'm right back in it, but, um, it's going to be hard to go very low under par at, at any round in this tournament. So that was uh, kind of, kind of a nightmare golf to watch. Although 
it always makes me feel better because I can't play golf either. So I get to watch guys kind of like emulate shots that I hit all the time if I go out there. And then um, we had what? The U.S. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, World Cup started with Russia beating Saudi Arabia 5 to nothing. Yes, I, I don't think any Facebook hacking was involved with that. So Unless they must have got their game plan or something. But you knew, you knew Russia was going to do well in that one. So uh, World Cup is on. I know some people that are very interested in that. And, and even though the U.S. is not, not a part of it, certainly we have plenty of soccer people around. And it's an exciting, exciting time of, uh, of the year when that comes around, whatever, you, what, four years, I guess. So we'll be, we'll be following that. Lots going on in sports. Even though the Bucks have wrapped up minicamp, we're going to have lots of Bucks interviews uh, coming up for you next week as well. Um, got some surprises planned for you. I'll be going on vacation uh, starting next week. Um, at the end of next week, but I'll be here. I'll be here through next week, uh, and then we'll have some uh, some surprises for you. Some good interviews um, with some guys, and go deep dive on some people that um, personalities in Tampa Bay that you'll we think you'll really enjoy. In the meantime, we love your feedback. We love the fact oh, that so one many more people- thing, Rick. The mm-hmm. Lightning's preseason schedule came out on oh thank Thursday. God. So we're only three months away from Lightning hockey kicking back up. <laughs> Really? Yeah, September September 18th will be the first game. They've got seven preseason games, three at home, three on the road, and one at the Amway Center against the Panthers. It is incredible when you go deep in the playoffs how short that hockey offseason is. It's probably one of the shortest there is in sport. Um, you know, everybody else has a nice long run. but Yeah, the man, NHL get- draft will be next weekend. I'll be there in Dallas next Friday and Saturday. Uh, free agency will open on July 1st, and by July 4th pretty much the NHL shuts down until Labor Day. Yeah, that's the one time in sports. I mean, the baseball plays, obviously. The league, NFL, will be shutting down around that time, too. And um, I'm going to go on vacation a little bit. But, again, we'll be here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. So don't think we'll have great shows for you because we're going to. And um, uh, we'll continue that. But, anyway, we love your feedback. Make sure you uh, contact us on Twitter. You can do that by uh, reaching us at Sports Day TB. At Sports Day TB, you can reach me at NFL Stroud. Uh, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Uh, dot com. Uh, love your questions. You know, send us some. We'll, we'll have a mailbag early next week. Uh, we'll answer anything, of course, on any of the teams, college, pro, you name it. Um, happy to do that for you as well. And uh, love to uh, have you guys rate and review this podcast. This podcast is everywhere. You should be able to pick it up, right, Steve? You can get it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Just hit subscribe. That way it's downloaded to your mobile device every day. You don't have to think about it and just hit play every morning. Or you can go to tampabay.com slash sports. The latest episodes are right there on the right-hand side. Enjoy the U.S. Open throughout the weekend. Rays, Yankees. Uh, It's going to be a great four-game series. They still have three to play there in New York. Um, And uh, for Steve Ersting, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you on Monday. 